happy Monday, you guys. I hope you are ready to go into a good work week. And if you're still quarantined, soak it up while you can before school goes back and shit goes back to normal and you're back on your nine to five. This week, I was all set for my interview and things kind of got skewed a little bit when my person that I was interviewing told me that they couldn't last minute. And that happens. And when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. So I started reaching out to a bunch of different people last minute, seeing if anyone was available that I could FaceTime within like the hour to get this podcast out for you guys. And I would say I reached out to like seven people, all people that I love and I would think are great for this podcast. And, you know, some of them were busy, but then some of them also responded saying like, I'm not what you want for the podcast, like I'm not interesting enough, like I don't have a good enough hockey career, this or that. And I just think that is so absurd. Everyone's pathway is different. Everyone's success isn't the same. Think like if you play D3 instead of D1, I think you're still successful. It's what you make of it. Like if you think in your soul and you tell yourself that I'm not good enough because you think D3 isn't good enough, well, that's just your own perspective. I truly, truly believe that there is success at every level of the game. And that's if you're an adult hockey player that picked it up in their 40s and you're just playing C-League, Men's League. Like, I think that's phenomenal to take that challenge so much later in life. If you're an ice rink employee, you're grinding, you're making your money, you're meeting tons of people every day. And trust me, I worked at a rink for three years. There is plenty of interesting stuff and funny stories that come out of it. And if you're a D3, D1 AHL, women's professional, like anything. I truly, truly think that you being able to talk about where you are and your struggles and how you got there and your success stories, even if they're not NHL success stories, they're still your stories. And I really believe that they'll impact whoever is listening to them. You don't, I can rant and rave about this, but I thought it went over really well the other day when I read from the book and after going through that experience of like listening to people doubt themselves to me, I thought that I would read this passage from my book, which is called Inner Trust. So here we go. Though it may be cloaked and hidden within you lies natural magnificence, vibrancy, and true uniqueness. Your opportunity for growth lies in letting go of the need to hide yourself from the world and to let go of any doubt about the wonder of what lies within you. You are being assured that you can trust your intuition and your own sense of things. Sometimes what you sense will be love. Sometimes what you sense will be more challenging than this in You know what you are doing. You have enough wisdom and intuition to be able to place yourself more fully in the world, to take steps to unhide yourself, even if you feel you have no clue about what is happening at a broader level in your life, even if you can't quite see the whole picture of what is taking place within or around you. You still have all the wisdom and intuitive ability you need to take one step at a time and navigate your way through absolutely anything that life brings to your door. That passage is from Sacred Rebels Oracle by Elena Fairchild. I really like the book. I like it because it's full of all these motivational, feel-good quotes, little passages, and 
I'm a firm believer in affirmations and manifestation. I feel like I've really seen when you put good vibes out there and good thoughts out there, good things happen. So that's my little pick-me-up for the day. Trust yourself. Realize that you are greater than the sum of all of your parts. Like, each of us is pretty phenomenal in our own. Sometimes you just have to be able to let... Sometimes, I think, not let the good parts of yourself shine, but just be transparent. People relate when you're transparent, you know, when they can see your struggles and someone has a similar struggle to you, then they relate to that. And if you motivate someone... People vibe towards people that they relate to and people that they have good vibes with. I don't know. Okay, let's get into this podcast. The person that ended up saying yes last minute, thank you so much, is Scott Dog. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to hate that I said that. But Scott Aaron, I've known him for four years now, and he is like a brother to me. He is so, so awesome, and I'm so thankful that he sat down and did this podcast with me, and I think you guys will get a lot out of it. He moved around a lot as a young boy just because of his family being part of the military, so he talks about that. He talks about um, starting at Wilkes when they were a brand new pro- program, and then he also discusses transferring and being at his new school it's new and what he thinks his life will be like later on so i hope you guys enjoy this podcast oh also you'll notice that i make him play never have i ever and scotty has been around me enough to know that i do this if we sit in the car for a really long time so yeah it's just him putting up with my bullshit another day (laughs) so i hope you guys enjoy this thank you oh what's going on you're the bomb (laughs) <laughs> what is up how was san diego san diego is awesome that place is unbelievable absolutely gorgeous where are you guys now you look like you're on some I'm vacation in, i'm in manchester with Lexi. hi hello <laughs> i am back in manchester for a little bit but I, uh, i'm not resigning my lease i'm moving because we don't have school or hockey at first semester so where are you going to move to? What are you going to do second semester? Well, second semester, hopefully we have hockey, so I'll move back up here and re- get a different apartment. I just called my billet dad down in Charlotte and he asked if I could like stay with them and get a job working for him. So I would be in Charlotte doing online school. I'm just working for him, trying to make some money. So we'll see if that works out. If not, I'll just go home and get a job at home. Wait, so, so what is working for him? Like, What kind of job is that? He owns a restoration company, so it's like... Basically, whenever there's something that goes bad in your house, like if there's a flood or something, like if your dishwasher breaks, he'll come in with like equipment that can, he'll rent out equipment. He works with the insurance companies, I guess, but they basically fix the mold or they prevent the mold in your house. Gotcha. So there's some like nasty ones though. It's kind of gross. Like you gotta go in some gross crawl spaces and stuff, but because we did that a little bit with him when we were down there, when we played there. Wait, what's that lady's name? Because now I'm blanking, but I remember you lived at like the really awesome billet. Darcy. Darcy, that's right, and she held your hockey stick. Oh yeah, like hostage. <laughs> yeah. Until you would I go visit. I forgot about that. She wouldn't send me the last one. And I forgot about that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. So hopefully I can stay with them and do my school in Charlotte. That would be really cool. But if not, then I'll head home. So they really officially announced that, like, they're just not going to do sports or anything until second semester. Yeah, 
they said there's going to be the any 10 isn't doing any sports until January, I guess. So, and we're already SNHU already announced we're an online school for the whole semester. So we were kind of just hoping that we could be doing online school and still be playing hockey, but that's not going to happen either until possibly, hopefully, second semester. I'm being optimistic about that. I can't imagine that we don't have any. So it would just be like a late start to the season. Gotcha. So hopefully that's what happens because then we can move back up here and hopefully go to school again like go to class and have sports. You're going to be a junior, right? You're not going to be a senior. Right. I have, I'm going into junior year. Okay. But if you had to, like, redshirt this season, do you think you would stay an extra year? Uh, I don't know. Right now, I don't think I would. I guess I guess it kind of all depends going into senior year, because if I stayed, maybe I could, like, try to get my master's or something. Oh, that's true. I, I don't know. I don't think I would. I think I'm ready to. I don't know. That's a hard question. I don't really know. I like to think that I could stay and play another one, but that's a lot of money to pay tuition and everything when you don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. But there's more that goes into it than just wanting to play hockey one more year, I guess. So your family has a huge military background, which led you to move around a ton. How do you right. think that impacted your hockey career? Oh, I mean, so I started hockey, I actually started playing roller when I was little in Colorado. We were, my dad was stationed in Colorado at the time, so I was living there. And then we moved to Florida from Colorado. And I actually started ice when I was living in Navarre, Florida, so northern Florida. So I only played ice hockey when my family lived in Florida and Alabama. So I think moving around is the reason I got into hockey, because I got into it when I was living out in California. But then after that, I kind of moved away from an area that's easy to play hockey at. So from there, it just kind of got to be a huge commitment for my family and everything, but it was awesome. Yeah, I guess it just, it was the reason I started hockey. If we didn't move around so much, I don't think I would have ever started. And so how old were you then when you, like, started to really take it seriously? I guess going into, I was in, like, six, going into seventh grade was kind of when I was, like, looking towards playing triple-A instead of double-A to make that jump to the higher level of hockey. And to do that in the South, there was really only one program. So it was a big commitment. If we weren't playing games on a weekend, we were traveling to either Atlanta, Nashville, or Huntsville. Like, the whole team would travel there and practice because there's just not enough players in the South, at that time at least, to pull from, like, one city. So we all could live at home still, and then we would have to travel on weekends to practice. So that's when I really, when I wanted to make the jump to AAA was when it really had to become a big commitment instead of just going to the rink on weekdays and then a on, you know, some weekends you have games and stuff. It got into a pretty big commitment. But your that. family fully embraced it, right? Was Did your mom work in an ice rink prior to you playing, or was your playing kind of what got her into her career now? Yeah, oh, my family fully, they're awesome. They're the only reason I could ever play. My parents fully committed to it financially and time-wise. It's crazy down playing hockey at that level in the South. So my family was awesome for it. No, she started off in the Army, and then she had me and my sister. She started to, uh, she stayed at home for a little while, and then she had a few different careers. But she got into the working for NAHA, North Alabama Hockey Association. She got into working with them and TPH through the hockey connections, yeah. So she started working for the one of the companies that I actually played for. I guess they owned the team. And she's been working with them ever since, so it's been good. It's been good for us and our family. So you say Naha, I automatically think of, like, the girls' school. <laughs> I know. I think it's Naha, North Alabama Hockey Association. So for us down in the south, yeah, you guys have, like, the girls' uh, 
like the AAA program yeah. out of California, right? Yeah. Out of, well... No. I think they were out of Vermont, but I know they just moved, so I don't want to say that. But oh, I thought they were California. What's the California team? Naha was going to move to South Lake, and you might have been around when they were in the middle of that transition, but oh, that ended up not happening. Oh, okay. For some reason, I'm just affiliating the Naha with, like, a girls' California program. I don't know why. No. So there was a spurt where you were living in Colorado, and you were practicing and training a lot with... Air Force? Oh, yeah, I wasn't with them. They would let us skate. So it was kind of it was kind of cool. I don't know how they do it out there now, but I had a couple friends out there, and they would let us skate at the Air Force rink, which was awesome. It was a gorgeous rink. And I guess there was just open ice, so we could hop out there, and we would all skate. It was fun. It's really cool, yeah. And then, obviously, I lived out in Tahoe the next few summers and skated there. How was it playing for TPH? Oh, TPH was a blast. Like I said, so we were all three, like, cities we were based out of were Atlanta, Huntsville, and Nashville. So I would skate in Huntsville with all the all the AAA kids there, like, all age groups, and there would be more skill skates. And then on the weekends, I would either be traveling to a game weekend with my team, or it would be a practice weekend. And if it was a practice weekend, it would, we would all bunk up at someone's house. It would just be, like, a sleepover for the whole weekend or anything. So you got really close. It was awesome. Like, but all my teams were awesome. I had great coaching and everything there, so I'm really thankful for that program. And then once I turned 18, we would move, I moved to Atlanta. So for the U8, both years of U18, I lived in Atlanta with a billet family. And that was awesome, too, so I really enjoyed TPH. And who was your coach for U18s, Jennings? No, Coach Jennings, well, he was an assistant coach when I was there. He was, he was my coach when I was U15 and U16, and then both my U18 years I played for Paul Flash. And then Coach Jennings was my assistant coach. Still, great guys. Great coaches. Was it difficult for you to find a juniors team, or what was your setup after U18s? After U18s, well, I just, I had some, like, just interest from teams. So I had my camps to go to, and I got cut from, I can't remember which NA team it was, but I got cut from one of their teams. And then I went and I was, I made, like, main camp or whatever for a team in CC. The Campville 73s, and I, uh, I got cut from them at camp, and when I got cut, there was a Vermont Lumberjacks scout there, and he basically offered me a spot to play there in the EHL, so I went and played in EHL for that season in Vermont, and then after that year, I was ready to, I needed a little bit of a change, and I was ready to get closer to home again, so I went down to south to Charlotte after talking to Tyler. And he vouched for me and for the, to the coach, and that was an unbelievable fit. Played in Charlotte for a year, and from there I went to college. What's it like going to these main camps and to, like, any scouting camp? I never was a big fan of the camps just because, I don't know, it's just kind of hard to get noticed, maybe. it's You just got to play your game and hope that they that's the spot they're trying to fill. Some of them are really, I, they feel like money makers, so it's a little frustrating at times. You don't know if you're really there to get watched or if they were just trying to get as many people in the camp as they could to make money. They were pretty nerve-wracking, I guess. I don't know. I was never a huge camp camp fan. I always had a hard time out of my bank. I never played really well, so I wasn't the biggest fan, but it is what it is. They got to do it somehow. So then you went from Charlotte to Wilkes. What was it like taking a step into a new program? I don't even think they had locker rooms at the time that they were like, recruiting you guys. That's true, yeah. It was it was really cool. It was a 
it was a cool experience being a part of that. And there's a great group of guys at that school, so it was a lot of fun. It was hard. They did, like, they demanded a lot out of you at that program, and and it worked really well. And it was it was a successful program right away. It was really cool to be a part of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was cool. But that didn't freak you out at all, knowing that it was a first year program, and like you just really had to trust the coach. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a pretty cool thing to be in. Like, it was a pretty cool opportunity because how many people can go and be the first there and create the traditions and stuff, you know? So I think everyone kind of went into it with that mindset. So once, I don't know, once, I never really even thought about it once things started going. It didn't feel, it kind of felt just normal. I don't, because I had never been a part of a program that already had been established. That was my first college hockey experience. And I don't know. Yeah, I think I just went into it with an optimistic mindset. I thought it was pretty, a cool experience and a cool opportunity. And so I enjoyed it. How about the decision to transfer? How was that? And talking about that with your coaches and looking for a new team and yeah, I decided it was wasn't going to be the best fit for me, so I was going to try to find a new school. And I called. I didn't know how to do it. I had never I've never been through that process, so I called own uh, one of the owners of TPH, the Thunder, the team I played for growing up, and I was like, "Hey, how do I do this? Like, because there's a lot of rules with it and everything." And he kind of helped me out and basically told me I needed to go talk to the assistant uh, or the uh, sports director at the school or whatever. So I went in and talked to him and entered to enter the transfer portal. You're allowed to have like 30 days or something where you don't have to talk to your current coach. But I had to, in order for my current coach at SNHU to call me or talk to me or anything, I needed to do it ahead of time. So I went in and told my coach that I was going to transfer. And he offered to help me with anything and along the process, but I got really lucky, and coach at TPH actually had the connection with my coach here at SNHU, and he made a phone call for me, and then things just kind of moved really quickly from there. I came up and saw the school and met some of the guys and decided that this would be a good fit for me. So it was pretty easy once I I called someone and asked for a little bit of help. So your coach at Wilkes was actually willing to help you and was kind of supportive of you finding a school that fits best for you. He was a really good guy. I never had any issues with him, like, individually, I guess, as a person or anything. He was awesome about it. He, I went in and talked to him and the assistant coach and just told him that it was that I was going to do that. And he said that if he needed to, he would vouch for me, like, he would give out a good word if I needed it. So he was. He was supportive of it. And you're happy at SNU now? Yeah, I am happy. We have a really good group of guys here. So I'm excited about the, the future here to come. There's this good core group of guys on the team and, I'm curious to see the new guys coming in and see what we can do. So I'm excited. Have you been training a lot this summer? It was kind of hard during the quarantine at first because I stayed in Manchester and everything was pretty much closed down. So I was doing as many jogs and everything as I could to stay in shape. But it was definitely tough. It wasn't like a normal summer. I tried my hardest stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Have you backed off of training at all since you found out that your season won't even start for another couple of months? No. Not really. I I think it's, I don't know if I really could. I think it's just kind of part of my routine now to get a workout in and everything. I don't think I would ever, I don't think I want to get out of shape. That would be too hard to get back into shape. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. I'm going to keep, I'm going to try to keep training throughout the whole semester. I'm, I'm being optimistic that we'll have a season second, uh, like a late season. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to try to stay in shape. Good. I think that's the best thing to do right now is be optimistic. I think we'll have the late start, so I'm going to do what I can to be ready for it. Do you guys have any um, incoming players for this upcoming season? 
We do. We have a few freshmen coming in. I haven't really gotten a chance to meet them too much. We've had some team meetings on Zoom or anything, but we'll see. I guess that they're, yeah, they're just doing online school and coming in second semester with us. I'll get to meet them then when we get back to school. I'm excited about that, too. And have they already named captains for your team? They have not, so we'll see. We kind of know who the leaders are, I think, so we'll see what happens when it's announced, but they have not announced it yet. What do you feel like you're going to do after college? Do you think you'll stick with playing or kind of veer more towards starting a career in something else? I think I'm going to veer towards – right now I think it's – I'm leaning towards I'm going to veer towards starting a career in something else. I'm not too positive with what yet. I'm kind of seeing what's out there, and I'm studying uh, economics and finance, so maybe something in that field of work. I was supposed to have an internship, but because of COVID, that didn't work out and stuff. We'll see. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean towards starting a career. Oh, yeah, what a bummer that your whole internship got kind of shut down for the summer. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. There, I mean, I guess it makes sense, though. They're all working from home, so how would you bring in a new intern? To, there's not... There's no reason to be there, so I get it. But it was a bummer. That's all right. But are you excited to be going back to North Carolina? Yeah, hopefully that does work out where I can do that. I love it there. I would love to go back to Charlotte and do my schoolwork from there. Are there a lot of guys out there training? In Charlotte? I think some of the guys from my junior team are there. Some alumni are down there skating again. Yeah, I think two or three of the guys are down there until school starts. Then they're going to go back up to where they go to school. Out of Vermont and Charlotte, what did you like playing better? What do you mean? What team did I prefer to play on? Yeah. Oh, I I loved playing for both of them, but Charlotte was a great year. So I'm going to go with Charlotte, I guess. Do you have any goals set for you for your last two years of college? Like anything that you really want to achieve with your hockey career or maybe your academic career? I want to win a championship so bad. I fell short in juniors and... I think that would be the best. Were you guys uh, close this year? We actually had a pretty tough year. We ended up, we had a very up and down year. We were a good team and we just couldn't ever pull it together. And so we didn't even make playoffs this year, actually. But they won it the year before. Oh, they did? Okay. Yep. So the year when I was at Wilkes, SMHU had won their conference. So then last year was really up and down year. And yeah, we just never really pulled it all together. So. Why do you think it was such an up-and-down year? Did the team, like, have clashing chemistry or things just, like, weren't turning out your way? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think we didn't handle adversity really well. We uh, we started off really well. We had a, I think it was a six-game win streak, something like that. And then we we lost a couple games, and it was just, like, a down, like, it was a downhill slope. But just never, we just didn't handle the loss as well. And we never really bounced back after we had a huge losing streak. And it was, like, win to lose lose too we never really gotten like a groove yeah it was just a really tough year did you guys graduate a lot of people four or five seniors like a whole line of people there. yeah well our school does a degree in three things so we have one junior who got his degree already in three years and he's deciding whether he would come back for a fourth year and get his master's in play like he has another year of eligibility but i think he's i don't know what the, that decision is i haven't heard officially yet so we'll see so we might be graduating a junior also do you think playing hockey opened any doors for you in your life? It's opened so many doors. I think mean, all my friends and I have friends across the country. You guys, I met you, I met Tyler, I met all my friends on that side of the country because of hockey. So I think it's it's opened up so many doors. 
I think it's all my connections pretty much is through hockey. Scotty, what should I ask you? I don't know. Give me the keys to your I've brain. Before. I don't know. I've never been interviewed before. I don't know even how this stuff works. You've never been interviewed before? No post-game interviews? Uh, no, not really. Now that I'm thinking about it. You ever just been, like, laid out, like, gotten hit so hard? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I got hit when I was playing for Wilkes against Utica. We were in Wilkesbury, and I got hit, and, like, I everything just, like, blacked out. I just went to the bench. That was one of the harder hits. Oh, I remember my question. Okay. So you seem like a very driven person, and your family seems very career-oriented. Did it or does it freak you out at all, knowing that you're going to graduate at such an older age than most people graduate? No, not really. I think my family's always been really supportive of it, so it's kept me from freaking out about it. It, I've never felt like I rushed to start a career, so I've never been too worried about it. It's a little bit, like, odd being a older student sometimes at college. Yeah, it's never really worried me. That's good. Is there anything that you would change about your hockey path? Do you think you would ever skip going to Wilkes, maybe? No, I don't. I wouldn't. I met a lot of great guys there. I learned a lot. It was a good program. I I don't regret it at all. I think everything happens kind of for a reason, and it was a lot of fun, honestly. So I do not regret it. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. Is there anything else, though, or your pathway? You're, like, pretty happy with the way that everything turned out. Yeah, I think I'm just – I was pretty fortunate to go to all the places I went. I didn't – I think I learned a lot. I've had – through it, through hockey, I've learned a lot of lessons and everything, a lot of big life lessons, and I grew up a lot. And I got to live in really cool places and meet a lot of really cool people, so I wouldn't really change any of it. It's been pretty awesome. And how was the road trip that you and Tyler did with Zalar? Yeah, it was Zach's Yeah, that was a blast. We took, we were in Atlanta at the time and we drove pretty much all the way across the country and got to San Diego and stayed there for a few days after camping in different places on the way there and staying with different people we knew. And then, uh, we got to San Diego and stayed there for, we stayed there for a while. We weren't supposed to, but we just kind of didn't want to leave. So we hung out there for a while and then we, uh, drove up the coast all the way to, and pulled off and went to Tahoe and stayed there for a few times. And I was, yeah, that was a blast. That was the first time I'd ever been to Taco, too. Did you listen to Jackson's podcast? I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, I did this thing with him where I went on his Elite Prospects, and I just went through the teams that he played on, and I picked one person from each team, and he would just, like, say his opinion or some funny story related to that person. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> So let's see if I could do that for you. It pulled up the Vermont Lumberjacks. Let's see what guy. Let's do Ryan James. Ryan James? I don't know if I have too many crazy stories about Ryan James. He's an awesome guy, though. He's playing at Worcester, I'm pretty sure. He's Yeah, he was hilarious. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember any specific stories about him, but he was a really nice guy. I just remember him being a good guy. What about... Tyler Barrows, just because you had so many, like, seasons with him. And you lived with him. Yeah, I, uh, I love Tyler Barrows. Barzy is my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I played with him in Charlotte, and then we roomed together freshman year at Wilkes. Me, him, and Justin Geary all roomed together, and we all played together at Charlotte. And then we were roommates at Wilkes. We had a blast. It was a lot of fun. You want to hear 
a Barzi story? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, tell me a Barzi story. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> a Barzi story. I don't know. I don't want to. I, I can tell you what. Living with Barzi was, he was crazy. He was a crazy dude. But <laughs> he, uh, he would leave his stuff everywhere. So, and I used to be the one that, I was like the roommate that was always cleaning around. I'm a little bit of a clean freak, but not crazy. And he would always leave his stuff everywhere. So there was just a corner in our living room that I would just throw all of his stuff. And at first he was kind of pissed about it, but then he started to like love it because he would always know where all of his stuff was. Like anytime something was missing, he would just like go to his corner. It was just like the back corner of our living room. And anytime I saw his stuff, I would just throw it there. Barzi was a character. He was a funny kid. He used to put his backpack on just to walk to the dining hall. I used to give him a ton of crap for that too. Why? What the heck? He's just a head case. He would walk through campus with his backpack on no matter what. <laughs> what about Kyle Galloway? Galloway? So yeah. So I played with Galloway when I was 18 in Atlanta. Oh, you did? Yep, at TPH. He's an Atlanta kid. So I played with him. I actually played with him and then Jake Cox and Cole Stewart. They're all on my team here mm-hmm. at SNHU. And I played with all of them at TPH also. So that was a huge part of the reason, too, why I ended up choosing SNHU, because I already knew the guys here, some of them. It was cool. So I played with him a couple of years. He's a good guy. What about Phil Heights? Phil Heights. So he's, I met him in Tahoe. Yeah. He, in Tahoe. he played juniors in Tahoe. I never really got to talk to him too much out there. I just, I think I, we inter- we got introduced one time when we were out there. And I watched him, I watched the Tahoe uh, playoff games. So I uh, I got to see him play. But yeah, he's a good guy too. He's out here. So I knew him coming in. When I showed up on my visit, I talked to him for a little bit. So it was another familiar face. It was cool. Yeah, he's another good guy. Would you rather... Oh, no, not that again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, come on. Would you rather win a Stanley Cup or be listed on Forbes 30 for 30 list? I'm going with the Stanley Cup. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what the Forbes 30 for 30 list means. Oh, really? (laughs) What is that? I'm going with Stanley Cup. 30 for 30 is the most successful, the 30 most successful young business people under the age of 30. Wow. That would be cool, too. That would be really cool, but i got to go with Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Yeah, obviously. Would you rather be on a team with Austin Matthews or Sidney Crosby? Wow. I'd go with Sidney Crosby. Really? I would just, I would go with Sidney Crosby, yeah. I would love to talk to Sidney Crosby. Okay. That'd be so so cool to be on a team with him. Would you rather go to the bars with Ovechkin or, I'm trying to think of another party boy, Vander Kane? (laughs) I think Ovi, after seeing them win the cup and seeing all his shenanigans and everything, <laughs> I think that guy's a riot. Definitely is. Would you rather kiss Lara Yoshi or TJ Yoshi? Oh, <laughs> 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 Shut up. <laughs> Man, a woman smoke. Which one? <laughs> it's a toss-up. <laughs> Okay, I think I'm out of questions, and I feel like that was a decent interview. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I start pulling, I could do more, like, would you rather questions, but I feel like you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we could, we could stay away from those. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Scotty.
All right. It was good talking to you. You too. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.